Uh, hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 131 of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. Damn. What? <laughs> oh. oh, feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> oh, that is true. I've heard that before. Um, my name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. And uh, we're here just doing our podcast thing. That's true. You guys, <laughs> you, you guys have heard this podcast that is, before. That is the thing we are doing. We're yeah, on game. Um, and yeah, so this is uh, Kelly is not here. Yeah, she's making cookies or something. Yeah, she's making cookies or something. <laughs> she makes a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, I think she does. Uh, yeah, and so, but we're just gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna sally forth. Sally sally forth, <laughs> young soldier. Uh, yeah. So what's been going on, you guys? Uh, oh oh wait, do I usually say at the beginning all this stuff? Like, this is the most comprehensive comic book podcast on uh-huh. the internet. Even True. though now we do it every two weeks. Yeah, so <laughs> and say the most regularly <laughs> scheduled one. Yeah. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll do that later. You can do it now. Us on Facebook. You, you can, can shake us. it up. Yeah, you can do all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what, what's been going on? Nick, what have you been doing? Um... What have I been doing? I haven't doing too much. I finally finished watching all of Boardwalk Empire. So oh, man. Good. It was great to finish um, it. How about that ending? Don't tell me. What a twist. What oh, a really? Twist. What a twist. Was it a snow what globe? What a twist. Uh, it was a crazy twist. Okay. Uh, I didn't see Don't it coming. Say it. Yeah. Don't tell me. Oh, I'm excited. It was good, though. All right. Um, see, now, now I want to get back into watching it. Yeah, I didn't expect there to be a twist ending since it's all like kind of loosely based on real stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very loosely, I guess. Um, Does he go with a like crack squad of commandos to kill Hitler? Don't yeah, ask yeah. any questions. Exactly. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, and other than that, uh, not too much. I'm going to a bed and breakfast this uh, weekend. Oh. Sunday through Tuesday. <laughs> that sounds lovely. <laughs> lovely. In, the uh, in the mountains. Maybe go see some some mountains, some caverns, maybe. That's cool. Oh. What what mountains, what state are you going to? Yeah, Virginia. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I can't go that far away. We got mountains. Yeah. It's like... The, the 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 biggest part of planning a, this trip was like uh what's close <laughs> like yeah i don't want to we were like let's go to niagara falls like oh that's seven hours um let's go somewhere very close that, that's because cool. you know i mean if you go far away it like takes up two days so it's yeah like, yeah that's fun it should be fun that sounds good you, jared what about you jared i've seen two films which are worthy of oh, a slight mentioning and slight comparison i saw Jupiter Ascending, which is the oh, new sci-fi geez. Wachowski thing. I want to see it so bad. I don't and even care if it's I good. And I saw Seventh Son. Oh, <laughs> new no. Jeff Bridges' fantasy one. Yeah, my, uh, and man, what a contrast. My friend Coleman went and saw both of those movies in the same day. Oh, oh. he's way cooler. <laughs> Poor Coleman. Uh, both, both bad, I assume. Uh, if you go into Seventh Son with as low standards as I had, I quite enjoyed it. Um, it is like 80s level Beastmaster, yeah, I'm sure it's like, but uh, with like better special effects. It's, so it's sort of like the Rock Hercules movie that came out last year. Oh, I didn't see it's that one It's probably closer to like, to like the Hansel and Gretel, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Or uh, or Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> no, it, it, <laughs> Either of those Like movies. it actually had some good bits in it, oh. which, yeah, surprised me. And so it's not like Wrath of the Titans? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably more like Conan. Yeah, oh. I think it was like... Oh, that movie's bad. No, it's like the Conan mode if they'd had better special effects and a slightly better plot. Yeah, that okay. Conan movie was so bad. It should have yeah. been great. Who it was it? Was been. like it was like Jason, Jason Momoa, Momoa yeah. and uh, Rachel Aquaman himself. Yeah, Aquaman himself. Uh, that's cool. What have I been doing? I don't know. I don't know. Right, I writing. I'm boring now. Because <laughs> right. you're you're on track to do stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of writing. I didn't watch. Oh, I watched uh, Birdman. 
Oh, oh so good. What'd you think? It's so good. Right. It's really, really good. It's yeah. so good. It's insane, but do, like, it's it's great. It's uh, it's great. So do you think I can one. talk about the alternate possible ending in that original script? Go for it. Whatever. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a Nidorito movie. Actually, oh really? Oh, yeah, really? I didn't know that. So I, like, I did oh. that going in. And I was like, oh man. Yeah, I knew it was gonna be great. It's so different than his other movies, though. Yeah. But it's so different than any movie I think I've ever yeah. seen. So if it, if you guys don't know about Birdman, it's just Michael Keaton is uh, basically Batman, yeah. or he's the actor that played Batman. Who would Michael Keaton? Yeah, but in the movie it's Birdman, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and he's trying to uh, put put together like a Raymond Carver play yeah. on Broadway, and uh, starring himself, starring himself, and directed the whole, by himself, and the whole movie's one shot. I mean, they use some tricks here and there, but it, the whole thing is one shot. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, crazy. It's seamless. Yeah, it's very very yeah. seamless. It's nuts. It's so quick. Uh, just it's exhausting though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's intense. no breaks. Yeah. So what's the alternate ending? Is this going to give away the actual ending? A little bit. Uh, I don't know. I'll we talk should to, just, we'll, we'll talk, talk about it afterwards. Yeah, we'll talk after. But yeah, there was there was a thing they wanted to do in the original script that they couldn't do, which oh, okay. would have re- okay. wouldn't have changed it too much, but have been kind of mind blowing. So All we'll right. talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious. Uh, it's a good movie. And that's about it. And writing. I'm All planning right. a trip to Ireland. I'm going to go to Ireland. Oh yeah, right. yeah. In May. That's Where cool. are you going to go? Uh, I think to Edinburgh. Nice. Yeah. That's so that should be fun. Ireland. Oh no, that's in Scotland. <laughs> where I don't know where we're going. Dublin. Belfast. Belfast. Dublin. Cork. Dingle. I don't think Galway. we're going to Cork. <laughs> go to Cork. Cork's got a small little university town in the south. Maybe um, there's an Edinburgh in Ireland. Edinburgh's in the yeah, there going, is. We're going to the one in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, no, yeah, that's in Scotland, right? Yep. Yep, that's not where we're going. Uh, you yeah. could. They're close. So that's about it. That's cool. I'm writing comics a lot. Yeah. Cool. Did an interview for my comic that's coming out on Very for, exciting. Uh, for a webpage. <laughs> and that, that was exciting. Yeah. yeah. Just keeping busy. Fun. Uh, yeah. We should do some news. We should do some news. There's some crazy news this week. Uh, yeah, there's some really crazy news. There's two newses, and they're both crazy. It's just a Spider-Man joins the Marvel Comics movie universe. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> Marvel movie The Marvel universe? Cinematic Universe? I think. Yeah, yeah. Cinematic. Yeah. Marvel Comics University. <laughs> University, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Sony and Marvel came to some kind of weird deal where Spider-Man can be in Marvel movies. Um, and the weird thing about it is that it feels like Sony kind of just, like, gave in to whatever they wanted because it, uh, the details seem to indicate that. So Spider-Man can be in Marvel movies, and Sony will get none of the profits. Oh, um, is that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, and then, but then Spider-Man will be in Sony movies, but Marvel will get none of the profits. And but I thought it was also that some other Marvel characters should could show up in Spider-Man. Oh, that yeah. could be part of it, I too. think that's what they said, and that it would be like, Marvel will make the Spider-Man movie, but Sony will put it out. And Sony yeah. has... So they'll get the money from, like, the Marvel quality, right. and then they Sony just take it off. Sony still has Final Cut, I think, yeah, which is something crazy. Weird. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm sure... I'm sure the whole thing with Sony in these movies is they're looking at Marvel and they're like, if you guys can make Guardians of the Galaxy make more than our Amazing Spider-Man movies, yeah. like maybe we should get you to make a Spider-Man <laughs> movie. It's, it's, yep. it's, yeah, it'll be good for Sony because I, mean, I think people that are kind of in tune with it will see Spider-Man in the in the Marvel movies and they'll be like, oh, let's follow him into this. And yeah. I think that yeah. will make all of their other movies more successful. Yeah. Yeah, because Kevin Feig is running all of that. Yeah. Now he'll be running all the Spider-Man stuff just like he runs everything else. Yeah, so. that's great. <clears throat> yeah, he's going to be keeping busy. The only thing that stinks is uh, the Captain Marvel and Black Panther movies got pushed back yeah. for this. Yeah, the only thing I, f- I felt like that might have happened anyway. Yeah. Because they kind of just announced a bunch of dates like on this, like, uh, random whim. They were just like, oh, these movies are coming out this day, this day, this day. Like, 
think you know movies are not that you know movie dates are not that solid like yeah that's, that's years ahead yeah. this is kind of like uh but, this movie that was supposed to come out in 2018 got pushed back or whatever yeah, yeah. right yeah um do you, so do you guys think it'll be peter parker I don't know. They said th- they definitely said they want a young, very young Spider Man. I think yeah. they, I think it will just to because they have to wrap it into the Avengers stuff. Like, yeah, I don't, so, but but if I, it's if it's a young character, I don't think it really matters. Yeah, it could be Miles. Yeah, if it was Miles, Miles that would be amazing. I think that would be great. I mean, yeah. I think they're you know it seems like the whole point of their big event right now is just to bring Miles Morales into the yeah. regular Marvel yeah, universe. Yeah, that could work. Who knows if there will be a Peter Parker in a few months? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be cool. I, I'd love to see them do Miles Morales. I just think they've relaunched Spider-Man enough yeah. times yeah, now right. that having a different main character might be good for them. And I think also just having it, it's all the origin stuff happened. So now they can just have him mixed into the films and yep. do new stuff. Oh, and, yeah. Apparently yeah. he's, the rumor exactly. is that he's going to be in Civil War. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes so sense. That'll be crazy. That's like the next Captain America movie, right? Yeah, that comes out next year. Oh, boy. And now Spider-Man's in it. Crazy. Which yeah. means that they are not done making it. Oh, they haven't even started filming it. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, other news? Oh, I got one. Oh, you got some news? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, the Shoot. other thing I've been doing is sending out a lot of emails because uh, Retrofit and us have announced our 2015 publishing line. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we've got uh, 12 books coming out this year, and we're doing a subscription drive. So if you guys don't live near D.C., uh, please go to Retrofit Comics and sign up. Uh, so we've got Olivier Schrowen, uh, Matt Madden, Laura Netsker, Laura Lannis, Box Brown, Kate Leth, Yumi Sakagawa, Stephen Weissman, Sophie Franz, uh, Josh Berggraf is going to do an anthology of Future Shock for us. Andrew Lorenzi and Mare Odomo are all doing works for us. That's awesome. That's really good. I'm excited That's about a the lot of Schrowen one. That's our first book. It'll be out in yeah. beginning of March, if not before, and Matt Madden's is right after that. And we're doing all that for only 75 bucks in the States, which is ridiculously cheap. And if you awesome. order before February 20th and use the code... Uh, early bird, you'll get ten bucks off. So sixty five dollars oh. for twelve comics. That's awesome. Get on it. Twelve amazing comics. Yep. Twelve amazing comics. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see them. I, I'm excited for the Mario Domo one for yeah. sure. I'm well. They're all. They'll be good. I'm pretty yeah. stoked about all of them. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, oh no, we're not getting to this huge list of new comics. No, not yet. yet. Uh, there's one smaller yeah. announcement. Uh, Marvel announced that they're doing a comic called A Force. Which is an all-female Avengers team, which sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, it's like all the, uh, I guess all the guys are dead or fighting some crazy battle, so they're, they're left and they're like, let's form a team, and that should be pretty fun. And it's written by G. Willow Wilson and who? Marguerite Bennett, right? Yeah. 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 So right it's there. got every awesome. Marvel female character ever. It even has like Spider-Gwen in it. Yeah. Oh, that, wow. Yeah. Well, I think Spider-Gwen's going to be in the regular universe. I think so. I mean, I, that's, that's awesome. kind of the part of the thing about Secret Wars, right? Like yeah. everything's going to meld together, yeah. so. Uh, everything's going to converge. Converge. Speaking <laughs> of converging, <laughs> uh, our next piece of news is about Divergence. Yeah, wait, <laughs> so, is, uh, so Divergence comes after Convergence. Yeah, Convergence is like uh, the kind of Band-Aid thing they put in place when they're moving. Uh, that's uh, so weird. Well, because it seems like it's Convergence is the thing that ends the official New 52. Right. right. And... Uh, you know, it's all about everything converging into one spins, thing, I guess. But then Divergence. End. But, oh, does it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, their least popular book. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> GI, uh, GI Zombies, their least popular yeah, book. Uh, but then Divergence coming right after it makes it seem like, so we're going to do this and then we're going to make it all diverge again. Yeah. Convergence <laughs> and then Divergence. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, we just have- they announced uh, 25, the new 24 
or 24 <laughs> books how many is it a 23 or there's keeping 25 and they're gonna be 23 more or something but anyway we have a list of all well of they're them canceling here. a lot so this is not like a huge ballooning of the dc line they're getting rid of a lot of their lowest selling titles including yeah. some which are actually pretty good so what are the ones but that aren't doing what, great. Are the, what are the ones that are canceling first? uh arkham manor batman and robin batwoman uh constantine earth 2 uh green lantern core justice league dark uh just league 3000 clarion some of these you're like, are these these still coming out? <laughs> uh, Infinity Man and the Forever People, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Red Lantern, Secret Origins, Star Spangled War Stories. That's GI Zombie, by the way. Yep. Uh, Supergirl, Swamp Thing, Trinity of Sin, World's Finest, Aquaman, and the others. Aquaman and the others is one book. Yeah. <laughs> and all the um, others. Yeah. Yeah. So, the so we, all that's going. Some of these, I guess, are kind of not canceled. Some are basically replacements for those. Yeah, because right there. there's there's weird replacements coming in for some of these. Yeah, uh, like, just, like Batman and Robin is being. It's replaced like, by Robin, son of Batman. But yeah, yeah. yeah, well. yeah. And Constantine's being replaced by Constantine the Hellblazer. <laughs> yeah. And then Red Hood is being placed by Red Hood Arsenal. Yeah. Yep. Um, still by Scott Lobdell. Um, so yeah. what do we got? We got go Batman through, Beyond. Go this list, yeah. Should we do all of them or just the cool ones? No, we'll, no, we'll go through all of them. So uh, Batman Beyond, was it Dan Jurgens and Bernard Chang? Yeah. Um, not super interesting. Not super interesting. Uh, is, it, is Batman Beyond going to be in... Like the modern times? That's probably what all the I have no crazy idea. stuff yeah, is. No I guess we're going to find out. We don't know anything about these other than... I, mean, I think that's the whole point. Loose. Features end is they can merge it as well. Uh, what's next? Are they going to bring Booster Gold into the regular universe? I don't again? know. Uh, up next, we got Black Canary. This is one of the more exciting books, yes. I think. Yep. This is written by Brendan Fletcher, who's the guy that they get to write all their new books. Like Batgirl, <laughs> yeah. yep. uh, Batgirl and Gotham Academy and now this. But uh, the art in this is by Annie Wu. Who did uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye? Oh, and Irene Coe. I didn't know that she was drawing this too. Yeah, she's cool. Her art's really good. Uh, yeah, so that'll be awesome. Yep, because they're both great. Uh, then we got Constantine the Hellblazer, interestingly written by Ming Doyle and James Tinney the Fourth. That's really weird because Ming Doyle is a really good artist. It's continuing DC's tradition of hiring artists to write books. Yeah, well, at least she's writing with James Tinney, who's a good writer. Yeah, because so he writes the Woods and an art by Riley Rossmo, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. That, so this. Uh, this is like the first break from kind of the DC house style we've really seen. Yeah, like, I feel like Annie Wu is definitely part of that. That's, too. that's what I'm saying. Like this line here, yeah, is they're quite really a, branching quite a few out. Well, part are... of the thing that they were talking about is they want to be less continuity heavy, which thank God. Yeah, um, yeah, that's great. Um, and then we've got Cyborg, which there should have been a Cyborg book yeah, for the last right. three years or whatever. Right. Uh, but he's finally getting a book written by David Walker with art by Ivan Reese, so that's going to be a very DC-ish book. Yeah, true. Yeah. But then Dark Universe, which I have no idea what that is. I feel like that might be the Justice League Dark. Yeah. Hmm. Does James Tinian write Justice League Dark with um, Jeff Lemire? Or no, that was Ray Fox. No, that was yeah. with him, right? But then... Yeah, further down, there's another one that might be a replacement for. Yeah, so Ming Doyle's drawing that though. So. Yep, but she's drawing. Yeah, that'll be awesome. At least um, wise. <laughs> Green Lantern, Lost Army, written by Colin Bunn, uh, and then you know his superhero stuff isn't always the greatest, but sometimes yeah. it is. So he's currently writing Sinestro, right? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, Doomed is by Scott Although, Lundell, whatever. I do like Jesus Saiz who's drawing it. Yeah, he's been drawing cool. Swamp Thing, and he's been really good on that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Or Earth Two Society, which is just another Earth Two book. Wait, you skipped Doomed? Did you say Doomed? I just said it was. Scott, I don't know. Scott Lobdell. Maybe we shouldn't read all. Of no, we can read all of these. <laughs> okay, let's do it. This is like the first podcast when we yeah. went through the uh-huh. entire New Fifty Two. Uh, Doctor Fate, written by Paul Levitz, with art by Sonny Liu, which is which pretty is crazy. crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Uh, isn't that but the person that drew My Faith in Frankie? Yep. Yeah, but yeah. also Paul Levitz. So I don't know. Yeah, Paul that. Levitz loves that stuff though right yeah i guess so. justice league 3001 oh so by uh, keith giffen and howard porter which is pretty much the same team is howard porter justice league drawing 3, justice league 3000 yeah. oh but you skipped justice league of america 
Oh, written and drawn <laughs> by Brian by Hitch. Brian Hitch. Uh, apparently, he's been working on this for four years or something. Well, his, his Real Heroes has been <laughs> pretty he, good. Doesn't he do... Oh, no, I'm getting mixed up with David Finch. He does, no, he did yeah. Real Heroes. Yeah, he wrote, yeah. He writes and draws that, oh, so okay. that's promising. I don't like that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we got what, Martian Manhunter by Rob, Rob Williams. Yep. Is that the guy from Matchback 20? Oh, no, that's Rob Thomas. Mockbox 20? Mockbox 20? <laughs> Matchbox 20? Uh, no, Thomas. that's Rob Thomas. Uh, but then Midnighter, written by Steve Orlando, art by Aiko. I don't know. I do like Aiko a lot. What does uh, he do? I can't remember what he draws. Oh, okay. I just remember because uh, that, that name is not very hard to remember. But uh, the, I feel like his art's really good. It's weird. It's weird they're doing trying Midnighter again. I don't yeah. know. It just yeah. it, it hasn't really worked, but you know, I, I'm not against it. We got Mystic U, which I think also could be the Just League Dark <laughs> right. uh, equivalent. Um, Written by Elisa Quitney, who I do not know. Oh, and artist, She's done a bunch of Vertigo stuff. Artist to be revealed. <laughs> to be revealed. Uh, Omega Man, written by Tom King, friend of the store. Yeah. Yep, yeah. local writes, DC writer. Who writes Grayson. Art by Barnaby Bagenda. <laughs> Is wow. that a real name? I don't know. It's a great name, though. Um, yeah, that's a weird one. Oh. Do you know who the Omega Men are? Oh, you're, you're not ready for the next one, which is the weirdest. What? Who are the Omega Men? I don't know. They're some random characters. The last time I saw them was in like Adam Strange or something. They're like space pirates. They're like the Star, <laughs> awesome. star Slammers or something. Awesome. Oh, um, star Jammers? They're like the Slaughter Lords? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Slaughter Lords. <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe that'll be cool. Uh, Prez. Yeah, it's crazy they're bringing back Prez. Prez. This one looks awesome. Uh, yeah, the art in this is really cool. This, But Prez is written by Mark Russell and art by Ben Caldwell. Who is that? Uh, I, I forget what he drew, but his, I just saw panels from this. And it looks yeah, really look cool. There was like a mech and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Prez is like a crazy series, though, when it about was a like teenager four who, issues. Beca- yeah. who becomes president, but yep. he has like a smiley face for a head or something. It's really weird. Or something. Or like when he comes or back. That, no, that was like the guy who ran the universe. Or it was, That was his arch enemy. It's nuts. It's so weird. <laughs> um, and then Red Hood Arsenal by Scott Bell. <laughs> Robin, Son of Batman, which is interestingly written and drawn by Patrick Gleason. Another weird thing. Yeah, yeah. so where's what's Tomasi doing? Yeah, He's been so good on that book. Uh, Starfire, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, with art by Emanuela Lupicino. I don't know that artist, so, yeah. you know. Could it, go either way. It's cool just seeing, like, a lot of new names in here. Yeah, yeah. that's a good sign. Uh, we Are Robin, written by Lee Bermejo, with art by Kari Randolph. Uh Another weird thing where like like he's an artist like why why is he writing this he did well he's writing something else too oh, he's he writing and that... drawing suiciders and he wrote Batman Noel, Noel. yeah which yeah. was okay yeah. um uh and then a couple miniseries Batmite which I was excited about but it's Dan Jurgen so I don't yeah know. I was like why, why? Yeah. you're doing a Batmite series why Dan like Jurgen? that's where you go totally outside of the box and yeah. get something crazy like uh, Marvel did Howard the Duck and they got like Chips Darsky to write yeah. it which yeah. is like that's what they should do look I will say you know it's like. Marvel is just doing better stuff at the moment, but I feel like all this. Well, we have a couple more to get to, but this is a move in the right direction. This is really for good, sure. Like, um, good start. Uh, the Bizarro thing, which looks the arts looks really cool by Gustavo Duarte. Uh, Harley Quinn Power Girl, which also has great art by Stephanie Rue. Um, and then uh, Section Eight, which is characters from Hitman. Yep, uh, so weird by Garth so Ennis and John McRae. Yeah, so weird. Yeah, so strange. So yeah, that's that's all of it. That's and it. then a bunch of stuff is staying. Yeah. And then a bunch of stuff is going, like we talked about. Yeah. And uh, everything that's staying, I think, is getting a slight tweak. I just, they just released something about the new Suicide Squad today. And that's going to all get different. Diverged. <laughs> diverged, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm excited about this, to be honest. Me too. It seems yeah. different. It, you know, of course, some of it seems the same. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited and trepidatious. Because they're like, we don't want to alienate all of our customers all at once. That's and a start. Right. People are going to be reticent to sort of 
jump onto DC, I think, at this point. Right. I don't think so. It's just, like that's I think the biggest disadvantage of the new fifty two is there weren't a lot of number one starting jump on points. That was the big advantage. The, the, new the disadvantage after two or three years would be like it's on issue thirty seven, so they just didn't have a lot of new series to try they out. Put out a lot of new series, but they were just not good. Well, it was like true. Aquaman and the others and stuff nah, like that. <laughs> and and uh, Star Spangled. Well, that story that was actually good, but nobody bought it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So that's it for the news. Uh, we do have a question. Uh, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Should we answer it? Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. We love. Oh, that's not the right one. <laughs> Uh, hey podcast buddies i just read the news oh this is from pivo by the way i just read the news that dc is scrapping the new 52 and revamping the tone of their entire line he's confused he just heard the news on the podcast (laughs) yeah yeah. uh he's sending the question so fast though i used the new 52 launch as a jumping off point and dropped all dc titles whoa uh listening to your commentary on dc comics over the course of the podcast i definitely made the right decision (laughs) uh but i know there were some gems in the line that i missed what were the best runs from the new 52 that are worth catching up on? Keep up the great podcasting. So Thanks, bud. the good thing about catching up is that almost all those have pretty good, all the DC new 52 have a pretty comprehensive selection of trade paperbacks and stuff. So they're not quite up to date with the monthly issues, but you can catch up with a lot of the stories for them. So there's yeah. definitely some of the really good ones. In so there. just yeah. read all of them. Yeah. Uh, I said Dial H was a really good one. Oh, yeah. Oh. It didn't last super long, nope. but that was a great one. Uh, I mean, the the you know, the most obvious, I'd say, is the Wonder Woman run yep. by Brian Azzarello yep. and Cliff Chang. Uh, just yeah. finished up. I think it's almost all in trade now. Yeah. Or by the time you finish reading all the trades, if you start now, probably the last one will be out. Yeah. Uh, de- definitely worth reading one big complete story. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, also, the Greg Capullo, uh, the Scott Snyder Greg Capullo run on Batman. It's been great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, has been yeah has been really really good, especially recently the Endgame story I think has been pretty fun. Yeah. It's got Joker. Yeah, uh, I would say Swamp Thing. Yeah, has been good from beginning to end. It got a little dodgy somewhere in there. Uh, I think first it was Scott Snyder, and then it actually got better when Charles. Yeah, Soul was I think jumping yeah. on with the Charles Soul stuff. I think his run is better actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he's been building up on this big storyline, and it's really fun. And um, Aquaman uh, was surprisingly good. Yeah, yeah, it's still good actually. Is it yeah. still good? Yeah, it's yeah. Jeff Parker yeah. now, and it's yeah. it's really fun. There was an issue with uh, Aquaman having like a high school union, which is like fun. And uh, Jeff Lem- it, Jeff Lemire's whole run on Animal Man was good. Yeah, yeah. that was very good. Yeah, for sure. so there's definitely some stuff. Yeah, to catch up yeah uh the tomasi gleason run on batman and robin has been solid all the way yeah. through there have been a couple of good arcs in detective comics uh whenever monopole's drawing particularly the icarus arc i thought was yeah cool. that was really that good. Was good um yeah there's some stuff some stuff we don't there. hate all of it that's true <laughs> uh, we can tell you what to not read though yeah, yeah. don't read red hood and the outlaws don't don't read sinestro yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah but read all that other stuff. Yeah, there you sure. go. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the question, Pivo. If you guys have questions, you can send those questions to podcast at bigplanetcomics.com or send them to our Twitter at Big Planet Comics or to our Facebook or send them to us, <laughs> to our houses. Uh-oh, send them yep. to our houses. We'll post all our addresses in the, <laughs> in the podcast post. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you guys want to do some reviews? Yeah. Let's do it. Now I'm going to press that button. We love comics. They're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. It's time for reviews. You said it, brother. <laughs> uh, on point. It's it's. Uh, I feel like it feels empty in here without Kelly on this it episode. Does. I will say. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of, she's empty. the soul of Big Planet <laughs> Bombs. Speaking of empty. Oh oh, are we reviewing the empty? <laughs> I took it off. Somebody put it back on. It's still on there. Uh, all right. Well, up first this week we have Cluster Number One. 
This is written by Ed Brisson. What has he been writing? Nick, you always know everything. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, what do you do? Um, <laughs> yeah, Nick. I'm out, I'm out right now. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. uh, he does stuff. Uh, and it's the art is by Damien uh, Cusiero, who mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. the art in this was really cool. Yeah. This is about a... Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on in this book. The yeah. world is about to be invaded by aliens, or about yeah. to within the next, what, 10 years? Or it's not even Earth. What? It's not Earth. Would you like me to tell you what's going on in this comic? They're on another planet. There you go. Yeah, that's why I just said it wasn't Earth. Yep. <laughs> uh, they're on this other planet that's basically, it seems like it's owned by a corporation. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that corporation also has a private prison. Yep. And uh, when people are sentenced for crimes... They go there and they are trained to be soldiers, so they can fight this a- these aliens who are trying to take over the planet. Yeah, they're basically just like uh, prisoners that are conscripted. It's kind of like Suicide Squad, I guess, except for like a corporation. Yeah, they're like the the prisoners have to have to kind of protect these structures that the, the the corporation is building from the natives who are blowing them up as soon as they build them. Yeah, and it, it um it follows this one character, Samara Simmons, who basically just gets arrested for drunk driving yeah it seems like yeah uh, or just crashing her vehicle so uh and it goes through her whole process of getting uh you know like indoctrinated into the prison and the whole army there yeah it's got a little bit of the prison dynamics yeah and uh it's definitely implied from that at the beginning from some of the other crimes that people have committed that like this you know this All co- trumped up charges yeah trumped like, up charges yeah. just to get this corporation people to work for them yeah and uh i guess the big twist in this is that uh once they go away from the prison, they have uh, a certain amount of time to get back before they they, they die from exploded. an implant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they have this thing in, like attached to their arm that after twenty four hours will like liquefy their insides. Yeah, and uh, they go out on a training mission and they get stranded a uh, hundred miles away from the prison and they have to figure out how to get back within twenty four hours. And that's the gist of it. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was cool. I thought uh, that this was awesome. I thought that hook at the end was really cool because yeah. it's like it really draws you in you're just that that like ticking clock right yeah um because it's such a good mix of things you got the the prison you know prison thing you've got the boot camp into the military you've got the survival thing you've got the countdown thriller element and they all work together really and well you have like a giant alien battle going yep. on yeah and then there's like inner inner prisoner stuff where yeah. you know they're they get in arguments with these people, but now they're stranded with them and they have to work with them and stuff. So I feel like there's a lot of cool stuff going on in here. And plus, like, it says that, like, the aliens are blowing up their terraforming towers, but the humans say, we were here first. So it's like, are these aliens also trying to take over the planet or were they doing, you know, is there something else going on? So there's like or, all this. Or were the humans actually even there first? Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. So there's like all this of like, what is the corporation really up to? And yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting first issue. Yeah, and the art's very good. It's and kinda it's, a little bit of uh, Mateo Scalera, maybe. I could see that. Maybe a little bit Fiona Staplesy sometimes. I don't, I don't know. It's it's cool. The uh, um the I feel like the coloring's really good. Yeah, all the tech and aliens are really cool. Yeah, it's yeah the yeah, the aliens especially I thought were pretty awesome looking. Uh, like simple but really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it has a great cover by James Stoker. That's true. Which is always <laughs> awesome. Yeah, uh, cluster high recommendation. Uh, okay, up next we have The Empty, number one. <laughs> this is written and drawn by uh, Jimmy Robinson, who did Five Weapons and also did Bomb Queen, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is a Shadowline book, I assume? I don't know. It doesn't say. Or no, it's, it is. It's it Image, is, it is right? Shadowline yeah, book. Yeah, Image, Shadowline. Yep. And uh, this, Jared, why don't you tell people what this is about? Uh, so this one is a much more straight-up fantasy one. Uh, they're, the main characters are stuck in this world where basically... Is it fantasy, though? It's I feel like it's post-apocalyptic. Uh, right. 
<laughs> maybe a little bit. Maybe a, a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world that has become kind of fantasies-ish. Yeah. Uh, so there's they call it the rot. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, there's like a poison that is infecting all of the area. So basically, all the plants are dead. No one can grow any food. All the animals are getting sick. So even if the hunters go out and kill them, uh, the food is tainted and they can't eat the meat of the animals. And then all of a sudden, um, a weird, not quite human looking woman is found. Yeah, well, it's, it's the, the chick from Splice. <laughs> a, a, a different looking human. So, well, are they humans? So, well, the thing is with this world is that. Um, is that her parents are Adrian Brody and. Um, oh, I can't remember. Yeah, so. So, yeah, there's like a giant root growing around the planet that's like killing everything and they don't know where it's coming from. And they're. You know, there's like a weird like mystic who's running the town who's kind of like, uh, this is the only thing there is. There's nothing else out there. Um, and then this woman shows up and it's a really weird thing where all the 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 main character has really long arms and then the the other people that show up have really long necks. <laughs> and that's kind of I guess kind of like a going back to diverging. Uh it's like a, <laughs> I'll tie it I together. think it's like supposed to be a divergence in evolution. Um Yeah. Between these two different people that are separated. It's like the Great Butter Battle by <laughs> Dr. Seuss. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Uh, well, yeah. So the opening scene is of the long-necked advanced people in a kind of paradise Eden land. Um, and then it cuts to this, you know, the one who finds herself in the kind of destroyed, poisoned environment. And she can't remember what happened at first. And then she starts to remember that somehow she's been kicked out of wherever she came from. But she still has the ability to perhaps stop the poison. So obviously she has to be, you know, taken on the quest to try and save the world, and everyone freaks out about that because you know weird outsiders. And yeah, and there's like a weird like uh, the, like I said like the the religious leader is kind of in in charge and he does not want anything to change, so he's yep. against all of it. And yeah, so pretty straightforward fantasy with some uh, little twists and possible sci-fi background behind all this kind of. I really didn't think trappings. I was going to like this based on just the weird, the weird ass like characters like design. How, yeah. yeah, the weird necks and the long arms and stuff. Um and I knew Kevin was instantly going to not like it <laughs> just because of that. Yeah. Um but there was as, so, there as was it went so along I kind of enjoyed it and I I, th- I think it's fun enough that I'll I'll, I'll stick around for a little bit. There was so see, much see stuff I didn't like about it. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, it's it yeah. That's not, the not empty, for Kevin. Not for me. The empty number one. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> I mean, I gotta be honest. It's true. Uh, all right. Up next, we have a book. Ooh, this book's gonna be hard to explain, but it was really good. Uh, First year healthy by Michael DeForge. Did oh, you guys yeah. get a chance to read yeah. this? I did, did but I read it a week ago. I just remember it being cool but weird. Yeah. Do we have a copy over here? Yeah, there's one right there. Yeah. Hold on. Let me grab it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um. Well, how do you even explain this? It's a basically there's a a woman who just got out of a hospital. Yeah, a mental institution. Uh, yeah, some kind of hospital. She had some kind of episode, and uh, all the town kind of is freaked out by her. And now she's uh, starting this new relationship. <laughs> yeah, so she meets this boy named uh, Tusk. Is that his name? No, he's just he's just a Turk. Oh, the Turk. I'm sorry, not he's Tusk. A, a That's Turk. that movie yeah. with uh, with um that kevin smith kevin movie smith. just along <laughs> yeah but so oh god this is so hard to it's such, such a weird book yeah it's it's kind of like a storybook it's just like uh pictures with um little paragraphs on each page yeah and we've um, talked about michael deford's stuff before he yeah. does lose and he does ant colony yeah but so it's mostly about her coming out of this hospital and it seems like she had an incident and people are really scared that she's going to relapse and, right. and so everybody treats her really weird and it's kind of just about 
her going crazy a little bit. Yeah, and she she she, she kind of starts like uh, hooking up with this like weird like the Turk guy who's kind of this weird maybe mobster sort of. He's definitely involved in some criminal activity, right? Um, and he disappears a lot. He has an illegitimate son <laughs> out there, and it's all yeah. And so that's all told through this kind of. Her, it seems like she's mentally unraveling, and the world is like this kind of fantasy, and you can't tell what's real and what's not. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It, it all has like a really crazy sort of dreamlike. Yeah, there's like a weird legend about a house, uh, a legend like a house cat, like a spirit house cat, right? yeah, <laughs> that comes to the house and you leave food out for it. And yeah, it's really hard to explain. Yeah, and you're like maybe it's real, maybe it's not. But I will say it's like really well told. Yeah, and uh, I mean Michael DeForge's art is always great. Yeah, great. and uh, he doesn't, you know, usually in his stuff he doesn't write a lot. But I feel like there's a lot of writing in this, and it's all like sure. it's really well written. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's kind of this weird book, kind of about mental illness. Yeah, it's, and it it's seems like, like a, it's maybe a little bit weirdly autobiographical or something. Maybe. But it's like in a strange way. I don't know. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like a yeah. storybook for adults. It's weird. Yeah. yeah, it's it's great though. Like just the name, like first year healthy and stuff. It seems like it's like a story of dealing with something. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it a weird book. It was cool, though. It was very good. Yeah. And really hard to explain, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Up next, we've got Help Us, Great Warrior, number one. Oh, my God. This is by Madeline Flores. So good. Yeah, this is a really good book. <laughs> so, uh, Do you hear that? It's the sound of me believing in myself. <laughs> so uh, the oh, what, what, what would you say Help Us, Great Warrior is about? Basically, it's about a little blobby uh, uh, turquoise lady. Yeah, who's like kind of a legendary warrior. Yeah, she's kind of like Conan. Yeah. If Conan was uh, tiny was and cucumber. much more cute and adorable. <laughs> and if Conan was a cucumber. If Conan was a cucumber. <laughs> a sassy cucumber. Yeah, so it's just kind of about her uh, fighting monsters, but also being super sassy and not just, just not wanting to deal with it, basically. Super lazy, yeah. Yeah, and being lazy sometimes. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, there's this woman, what, what is her name? Uh, Hadia the High Chancellor, who tells the Great Warrior that she needs to close these portals because all these monsters are coming through. Yeah, these demons, demons are, are these demons. The and she's like, she's like, oh, whatever. I don't really she's feel like, like dealing yeah, with she's this. Like, I already had plans today, so bye. Yeah, and then leave. she just like jumps off of a cliff. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, eventually she's eating cake and the cake gets knocked out of her hand. <laughs> and so she decides that it's a worthy cause to fight the demons. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, and it's just insane, but really cute and, and really funny. Yeah, um, and the great some great character and creature designs. Yeah, buckets is pretty great. Buckets is great. He's some kind Her. of like aquatic uh, dog thing. <laughs> and then um, her is it. Leo? Yeah. 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 Uh, or Samson the Magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> Has really awesome hair with really cool sideburns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The whole thing's awesome. I, so I've been reading the Great Warrior strips online for a long time. And they're usually just these little four panel things. And there are a few of them in the back of this. Yeah. Or, 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 or one, one of them. This, yeah. And it's really funny. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like Madeline Flores does a good job of turning it into a bigger story in this. Yeah. yeah and our, it seems her art has gotten better too in in the intervening time yeah it's great um yeah like so just us talking about this is like so much of this is how perfect her art is for this kind of storytelling it's like so cute and so simple in like the character design like great warrior is just a big like you said a big cucumber blob with a cute bow 
but just like with these very simple like eyes and like body posture and like how her mouth forms she gets like such emotions across and so funny at the right moments it's it's so good yeah it's always hard to describe art yeah. over the thing but um but like kevin said some of the early shorts are online you just got to look at them They're yeah so and awesome. uh you know i think uh it's very similar to adventure time in some ways yep. it's a very weird combination of i would say uh steven universe and maybe like being puppycat <laughs> like a- yeah i could see that well i think madeline Flores. Does she work on being I think she, does. she works on she being a puppet cat now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so there you go. Uh, yeah, so I that this might have been my favorite thing that came out this week. I think the, it's so good. The thing that's hard to get across is how funny it is. It's really hilarious. Yeah, it is it is hilarious. All right, up next. God, we have a bunch of weird books we have to describe yeah, in this so many weird episode. things. Because <laughs> uh, the next two. Uh, up next, we have The Middle Nowhere mm-hmm. by Jordan Crane. Uh, I figure we'd just give this a mention because it's yeah. great. Uh, it's a mostly silent comic by Jordan Crane who's done... Uh, uh, mostly self-published stuff, but he also did yeah. The Clouds Above, which was a really cool book, a really cool kids book. And was that cute? Oh, Keep Our Secrets, a cute kids, like, how board do you book? describe that? A board book with, like, heat-sensitive yeah, ink that so you can like, discover blow secret on. panels. Yeah, you, like, yeah. blow on it with a hair dryer, hair dryer <laughs> and you find secret stuff. But this is about a guy who's uh, stationed in the middle of the ocean, basically, uh, in this uh, outpost. And his um, it seems like his radio stops working. Yeah. So he goes out to a tower to fix it, and everything goes completely wrong. And then some crazy stuff happens, and I don't want to say what happens. Cause yeah. Cause it's a very a short, short comic. But, uh yeah, I feel like within these 16 pages or whatever of yep. Silent Comic, he creates an interesting little universe and tells a cool story. And Jordan Crane is, like, one of my favorite artists. He's just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, his art's very cool. I mean... Uh, so good. I, compared to, like, Craig Thompson or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. And it's... Yeah, I love Jordan Crane stuff. I have a bunch of Jordan Crane pictures hanging up in my house. Yeah, he's a great designer. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, that is The Middle Nowhere. Now let's get to a comic that'll be really simple to describe. I got it. <laughs> this is The Nameless Number One. <laughs> Jared's got it. This is written by Grant Morrison, who wrote We Three and is writing Multiversity. And, uh, you know, he's Grant Morrison. He's written a million things. Uh, and the art in this is by Chris Burnham, who drew Batman Incorporated and yeah. uh, some other stuff. Some Batman yeah. and Robin, maybe? Uh, maybe not. Maybe he definitely. Oh, no, that was Frank Quietly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Nick, are you about to explain what Nameless is? Jared is about to explain it. He just just said he's got it. Do it. Go for it. Okay. So Nameless is the name of the main character who has given up his name for uh, psychic protection of some sort because he is an occult specialist who can jump into the dreams of just everything. And in those dreams, he tries to find secrets and do crazy magical stuff. So the it's opening like dream scene, espionage. Yeah, the of. opening scene is him on a mission to steal a key that is hidden by a crazy cult. Uh, so he's going through like all these fantastic dreamscapes full of monsters and cultists and crazy things. But interspersed with that, the cultists in the real world are trying to track him down and find out where he's dreaming from. So this is kind of like one of those multiple level matrix stories. Uh, so half of it is him in a crazy dreamscape, and half of it is in him. Him in a weird part of the real world with cultists who might not be real. So you're never sure what level of reality you're dealing with. Um, And then about halfway through the book, uh, the big twist is there is a giant asteroid headed towards Earth with the symbol of a a occult demon or monster or whatever on the side of it. So somehow the Earth is probably going to be destroyed in about a month. And that part is in reality, yes. right? I think at that point. Yeah. He says at a point he's back to reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After several points, it looked like reality, but we're still just a level of dreams. And so a billionaire tech genius uh, says, 
we need to hire you to help us try to stop this occult asteroid from blowing up the Earth. Right. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> that guy's uh, face is flying on a drone. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like, he's, like, on a screen on a drone, and <laughs> I don't know, it's it's insane. Paul Darius, is that his name? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so all these billionaires have their own little group, yeah. and they're, uh, I guess they want they know that there's like an occult thing attached to this yeah they're like we can probably stop this asteroid but you need to help us deal with the occult defenses or offense or whatever's going to be occult tied to this thing. yeah so it seems like there's going to be like uh it's basically going to be like armageddon <laughs> but if uh cthulhu yes. was also in armageddon yeah it's like armageddon crossed with hellboy or something yeah it's um crazy it's crossed cr- with inception yeah it's, it's crazy it's really fun i will say uh it's not as confusing as some grant for more stuff can be like <laughs> no, it starts it's not off, like the filth it, or something yeah, yeah it starts off being kind of weird and confusing but then once you get to the reality stuff, it all starts kind of making yeah. sense, and it's, yeah. it's, it's easy to follow. Halfway through this book, it becomes much more clear, and, um, I, th- and I think the rest of the book will be more like the second half of the yeah. book. Yeah. I think the first half of the book was just setting up what he does for a living, right. yes, which, um, but yeah, is a really weird job. That he has. <laughs> yeah, so you get some amazing Chris Burnham stuff of like ancient temples and swamps and like frog monster men and crazy cultists murdering people and giant asteroids. And weird, you know, yeah. key dream keys that he had to track down, and Some like fishmen, and you know, drones and spaceships. It, this book was awesome. It's very, very yeah. Good. I thought but really I've cool. read it three times, so it's definitely <laughs> go through it over and over and over, and it will make more sense. Uh, yeah, because but, you said a couple things I was like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's awesome. No, literally, I got some of those on the third time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was a really cool. I'm really excited to just see where it goes. Yeah, too, me too. Uh, I think it's one of the most interesting you things. Say Chris I've Burnham's seen. art is, is great. Is, is incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I used to think Chris Burnham was like sort of the, you know, it's like if you can't get Frank Quietly, right. you get Chris Burnham. But I think he's kind of really come into his yeah. own. Yeah, he's definitely a little different. And uh, he does some really cool stuff with layouts in this book, too. It's, yeah, basically, if the layout in this looks super crazy, they're probably in a dream. But not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought the cool stuff we did with the layouts and the dreams, too, were like they were part of the geometry. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought like of the rooms yeah. and stuff. Yeah, they yeah. Were in. I thought it was really cool. But uh, yeah. Uh, up next, we have a much simpler book. <laughs> this is Star Wars Darth Vader, number one. This is written by Kieran Gillen, who writes Wicked and Divine and uh, superhero comics. Thor- <laughs> Loki? Does he write Loki? Yeah. Yep. No. Al Ewing writes Loki. He wrote Young Avengers. He wrote Young Avengers. He writes uh, Angela. Oh, yeah, he writes Angela. And the, the art in this is by Salvador LaRocca, who drew um, uh, uh, Invincible Iron Man. Yep. Extreme X-Men. And Extreme X-Men. <laughs> Way back. Yeah. Uh, no inks. <laughs> so extreme. Uh, yeah, so this is about Darth Vader. Uh, and this takes place also in between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Uh, this takes place, like... Uh, and right after issue uh, one after of Star issue Wars. After issue two of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But which is in between those two movies, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this kind of shows us a few things, like how... Darth Vader found out, like who Luke Skywalker. Is well, this stuff. is like Jer- uh, Jared. This is yes. uh, this is like Darth Vader, who is also Jared. Hey. Jared. Uh, <laughs> Darth Vader, uh, basically, kind of atoning for all of his mistakes. Um, so you mean making up to the Emperor by being an evil dude? Spoilers for the <laughs> second issue of Star Wars, but uh, in that, Darth Vader fights Luke Skywalker and gets. Uh, takes the lightsaber from him and he's like, I recognize this lightsaber. This lightsaber was mine. And then, uh, so this is the, this takes place after that. Um, 
and the emperor is basically chewing out Darth Vader because <laughs> he failed. So he failed at like uh, the Death Star. I was. Then, if you, you if you have no knowledge of Star Wars, Darth Vader seems like the whiniest dude yeah, in this yeah. comic. I think a, a mistake they made was they should have made his font different or something because he just all the fonts are exactly the same. And I'm like, you're not getting the creepy Darth Vader voice. So it's just like, hey, sorry, <laughs> I'll make it up to you. So so you get some flashbacks of Darth Vader fighting Obi Wan, and then the Death Star being blown blown up. And then the stuff from uh, the second issue of Star Wars where he finds out um, the lightsaber that Luke Skywalker has is his. Um, although I don't know why he doesn't. I guess he doesn't. Does he know? He doesn't know his name. So no, he, at that he, point he, he wouldn't be knows. like, Luke Skywalker. That sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, he knows it's a rebel pilot that right. blew up the Death Star. Um, and so, yeah, the Emperor sends him to uh, Jabba's palace <laughs> um, to kind of make up for all of his mistakes. He's got to do a bunch of like shady things. Um what is his main mission? I forgot what his main mission is. Uh, he gets sent to Jabba's palace to get to hire some bounty hunters, right? Well, I think that's he's doing on his own because he's trying okay. To that's get, separate. He's 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 looking for Han Solo, right? He's kind. Of, he's, yeah, he's basically trying to kill the people that blew up the Death Star. Yeah, um, and. He, I don't think he knows exactly, like, the Emperor in this is being really shady and keeping a lot of stuff from him. Yeah, like, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Like, there, there's, like, this weird dude that shows up, and he's, like, and uh, Darth Vader's, like, who's this, master? And <laughs> and uh, Emperor's, like, you don't need to know who that is. And he's, like, go wait outside. <laughs> don't even worry about it. Um, um, we Vader- also found, find out that uh, Admiral Tag uh, got off the Death Star, and he's still alive, and he's Vader's boss now. Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, which I thought was, you know, isn't that the guy that he force choked in the yeah. in the beginning? Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and now he's like, Tag's going to be your boss because you messed up. You let the Death Star get exploded. Well, basically, what they said is you let them escape on purpose, right? Which you did. Yeah, and uh, didn't work out so well. And now you got to pay the price. Oh, and the Emperor has captured, um, oh, what's the guy's name from the uh, the first two issues of Star Wars? Whatever the head of that, of the yeah, place. whatever the admiral was that was in charge there, whatever he was, and he's got him like chained up to like a torture machine. A torture machine. Um, oh, what is his name? Here we go. Doesn't matter. And also, no. uh, <laughs> I really want to know. Also, Darth Vader <laughs> hires. We find out he didn't just hire Boba Fett. He hired two bounty hunters, and one of them is a giant black Wookiee, who I assume is going to die. Scar who I assume face. is going to die at some point in the series. Yeah, because uh, he is not in Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah, it's Agadine. It oh, was yeah, the yeah. overseer there, and then they have him here strung up to a torture machine. And Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought was a nice touch was they had the little scroll like at the beginning of all the movies, but it was totally from the point of view of Darth Vader and the Empire. So it's right. like crazy rebels keep trying to ruin the <laughs> civilization, and there's all this chaos going on. Good you know, good old Darth Vader is trying to track him down. Yeah, it, said, was pretty it awesome. says uh, the, the rebels have won a shocking surprise victory against the rightful race yes. of the Galactic Empire. Which I thought was amazing, was like fun. propaganda twist. And then it's like, ever since he was thrown into the volcanic pits of Mustafar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, boy. Don't remind me. Yeah, I don't want to ever no. think about episode three. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was cool. I think uh, I think I, like the other Star Wars books, it keeps with the tone of the movies. Yeah, and the the layouts are very cinematic. Yeah, I, I actually like this one more than the Star Wars ones that have come it's out so far. It's a little so more far. focused, maybe, maybe. Well, but for the Star me, Wars ones have been really good, right? But for me, it feels like the Star Wars ones. We know what happens almost, like you know. And this, it's like we don't know what Darth Vader was doing between the two, first two movies, right? And I don't know. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm. Oh, right. We also get some Boba Fett, I will say. We do get a little Boba and, Fett. Uh, some kind of evil uh, Wookiee. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The big the big black Wookiee yeah. who is definitely going to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so if you like Star Wars, just like the other ones, I think yep. check out this book. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. We just have one more thing this week. This is Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, number one. This is written and drawn by David Lapham. Uh, yeah. So instead of just numbering Stray Bullets... Uh, although on the back covers it's they do 50, just number yeah. fifty, but uh, yeah, they're they're doing them in a series of miniseries. So Killers just finished up a little while ago, and that was really good. And now they're starting a new one called uh, Sunshine and Roses, and uh, it's all about Beth, who was also in the last series. Was she? Or no, no, sorry, she was in the end of the one before that. The one before oh, that. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. So Nick, why don't you tell people what Sunshine and Roses is about? <laughs> uh, well, this uh, it's about Beth, and she meets this new guy that's just come into town named Kretschmeier. Um, we slowly found out that Kretschmeier is some kind of uh, assassin, um, and he quickly kills like a uh, higher up in the kind of criminal underground, um, and then people start coming after him and Beth, um, and that's kind of the gist of it. I mean. Um, the the thing that that's really good about it is all the kind of relationship and interpersonal stuff between all the characters. Um, everybody's personality is very well defined. Kretschmeier's like kind of a really smooth dude, but like very completely ruthless though behind yeah. it all. Yeah, and kind of detached from emotions. Um, but yeah, it's well, and it's worth pointing out. Beth works for this guy Scotty, who's a big part of the like crime under yeah he's, or whatever. The, he's a big part of the straight bullets universe and so i think i think one of the cool things like with the relationships that's going on is is you never quite know if she knows that kretschmeier is an assassin but right. then you don't know if like maybe she knows and she doesn't care and then they still have a romance but there's all this undertone of all that other stuff going on yeah and there's a lot of twists like at the end about like uh who the mob boss is um like what they want to do with him, and and some of them might want to turn on the other, but like they're not really mob bosses; they're just like kind of a criminal group, criminal heads of groups. <laughs> um, but yeah, it gets really crazy and violent, and I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's so good. Yeah, it's just really good, and it takes place on Fourth of July. There's like a really good sense of place with everything that's going on. Like there's a yeah. crazy scene at a fireworks display yeah. Yeah. on a boardwalk that's yeah. insane. It's very very good. Uh, yeah, and um. I don't know. It's just he does so good with dialogue and stuff. Yeah, yeah. if you've ever read Stray Bullets, this is like I think you can jump in. This here. is a great place to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why we just wanted to mention it. It's like if you know Stray Bullets is good though. That's the good thing dying. about Stray Bullets is like it's rewarding if you've read all of it, but you can kind of jump into any storyline and figure yeah. He it had out. a few arcs, maybe the third or fourth one. Um, they're all coming back out and trade again. But the third or fourth one was definitely more of a straight head story. But most of the issues jump around in time, yeah. and they're all single stories. They just make a bigger patchwork story. So any of them you can check out. This yeah. one was great. And this one was, was Super great. awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for this That's episode it. of the Big Planet Comics podcast, you guys. Yeah. Yep. Well, Do you guys a have a podcast? Yeah, it was a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well done, everybody. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, this is, yeah. Well, let's just say goodbye. 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 <laughs>